0: This week on the 108 Podcast, from the line to the vine to the wine with John Mammison.
1: And I wanted to create a product that honors first responders, that was something I was passionate about that wasn't really out there yet. You know, there was all kinds of stuff for law enforcement, everything, but there wasn't really a line out there yet. And did you know dispatchers like to drink, allegedly? Hey, some of them are content, a lot of them aren't. I wanted to create something more and something bigger. Little veteran owned mom and pop. Then you blew up during COVID, and I was like, I'm, "I'm done. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go full speed on my businesses." So if you can find what you're passionate about, go all in on it. The views and opinions expressed on the Ten Eight Podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. The Ten Eight Podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to episode 327 of the 10A podcast. Today's episode features John Madsen of Thin Vine Wine. We discuss his career in dispatch. To wine is something more, leading him to founding the company Thin Vine Wines. In today's episode, we talk all about the bastard that is social media, how John started in real estate, then moved to wine, and what it takes to start your business too. It's no surprise to anyone that law enforcement agencies suck at getting the word out to the citizens they serve. Whether it's debriefing a critical incident or educating the public about various aspects of law enforcement, it takes a special skill set that too many in law enforcement don't have. In this ever-changing world of social media, do you, your agency, and your community a favor and check out TOC Public Relations, a company ran by former law enforcement to help you get your message out in an appropriate and professional way. Check out their website at tocpublicrelations.com or on all social media platforms. Living a life of public service is a life of sacrifice, but you cannot serve the community or back your partner up if you're not physically able to do so. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, more than 40% of law enforcement officers are obese. Other studies have found that police officers are 25% more likely to die from weight-related disorders like cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and even some cancers. Why continue to be a liability to your loved ones, the community, and yourself? Contact the folks at fit.responders and get your fight back. Available on Instagram and Facebook, Fit Responders. Folks, I want to tell you about Jiu-Jitsu 5 At jiu 5 they believe training is a lifestyle. Their goal is to provide everything a police officer needs to not only become proficient in their control and defense skills, but also achieve all the physical and mental health benefits Jiu-Jitsu has to offer. And that's why they came out with the Jiu-Jitsu 5 app. It's the ultimate training tool for all law enforcement. Members get on-demand access to a huge library of techniques for the streets, grappling-based workouts, yoga, and monthly nutrition plans. Through the app, you also have 24-7 access to Jason, the founder of Jiu-Jitsu 5 for personalized training assistance. Jason is a black belt into Jiu-Jitsu and an 11-year law enforcement veteran. So go check out the Jiu Jitsu 5.0 app in the App Store of your choosing, available on iPhone and Android. And last but certainly not least, I want to tell you about Thin Vine Wines. Thin Vine Wines is a mission-driven wine company that proudly backs first responders and veterans. With a background in law enforcement, their support for police, dispatch, fire, and the military is unwavering. Thin Vine Wines also donates $2 from every bottle sold to law enforcement and veteran-driven nonprofits. Making awesome wine is the vehicle. Making wine with a purpose is the mission. Check out their socials at Thin Vine Wines on Instagram and Facebook and order online at thinvine.wine using discount code 108, T-E-N, the number 8, for $10 off two or more bottles of wine. Before we dive too deeply into today's interview with John, I want to talk a bit about what's been our topic over the last few weeks building a business. Where does one even start? I'm going to tell you right now, this is not a business podcast. I'm sharing stuff that I found online and stuff that I've experienced and stuff that I've thought myself. If you want a true business and mindset podcast, I would personally recommend the Gary Vee audio experience or his books, especially if you're interested in social media marketing. You could also check out Seth Godin's book, Akimbo. Uh, it's full of knowledge, but it can be very dry. The one thing with Gary Vee is it's not dry at all. It's probably the exact opposite. He's probably a little too much. So somewhere in there's a happy medium. Um, I actually don't listen to business specific podcasts, I've listened to a few books about business, but. It's not really my thing. I like to listen to podcasts that have business people on it occasionally, but that's it. I'm not, and maybe that's my problem, but I'm not really super business minded. But anyway, I like to listen to the Modern Wisdom podcast with Chris Williamson and the Order of Man uh, podcast with Ryan Mickler. And like I said, they have guests on occasion that have to do with business. So if I can recommend two episodes that I love from those podcasts, one would be from The Order of Man would be to look for the episode, How to Build a Powerful Personal Network with Dr. Ivan Meisner. I actually have his book, The 29% Solution on my bookshelf. Haven't read it yet, but that's all about networking and building your network and things like that. And from the Modern Wisdom podcast, I would check out episode 408, How to Build a High Performance Mindset with Jake Humphrey. I've actually shown clips of that show on this show in the past. So you definitely want to check that out. I think that has a lot to do with the mindset and the grit that we talk about um, talking about business and really just life in general. But I think there's a lot of good to take from there. As far as other well-known podcasts about business, I haven't listened to these. So these are just stuff that I got from the internet. So take it for what it is. Uh, you have the smart passive income podcast, entrepreneurs on fire, hundred dollar MBA, how I built this, the gold digger podcast. And there's many more just Google top business podcasts and they'll give it to you. Um, but that's kind of, those are the ones As far as books go, I've got a bunch on the bookshelf here. It depends on what you're looking for. If you want hard and fast how to build a business books or money books, you know, um, back in October or November, we had Paul Britton. He was the first one to talk about money with us. And his book recommendation was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I do have on my Audible list, just haven't got to it, uh, and a couple others. So there's ones out there. But if you're not looking for just a diehard straight into business book, look into Simon Sinek's books. I've listened to Start With Why, and that's helped a lot. I've, re- I've listened to that whole book. It's helped me a lot with the ten eight stuff, and The Infinite Game is kind of the next one that I'm looking into, and there's others as well, but those are the two, and the rest of them that I'm looking at the bookshelf, they're just all mindset books, but if you're going to be in business, you have to have a strong mindset as well, so it really just depends on what you're looking for exactly, but Those are some quick, hard and fast recommendations for you. Um, But while I have you here, let me go ahead and bend your ear real quick about how to build a business. This is from Forbes.com, how to build a business. The first idea is to figure out what it is you want to do. Now, the old saying is do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. The modern version of that is do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life because that industry isn't hiring. So to figure out what kind of business you want to make so that way you can change that narrative... You have to figure out what you love and you have to figure out what you're driven by, but also what is profitable and what you're good at. If you know that you want to make a business, but you don't want to know, or you want to know what to go into business for, you got to think about these questions. What do you love? What do you hate? Can you think of something that would make any of those things easier? What are you good at? What do others come to you for advice about? If you were given 10 minutes to give a five minute speech on any topic, what would it be? What's something you've always wanted to do but lacked resources for? I will tell you that I, me personally, have had my fair share of business ideas wash away. And you're going to hear about a bunch of them in just a minute when we do the episode. Then comes the logistical issues, okay? And these are what type of fundings do you have? How much time do you have to invest in your business? Do you prefer to work from home or at an office or in a workshop? Uh, What interests and passions do you have? Can you sell information such as a course rather than a product? Uh, What skills or expertise do you have? How fast do you need to scale your business? And it just goes on and on and on. And from this point on, uh, your mind is just scrambled. (laughs) Well, don't worry. It goes deeper from there. But step one is the most important. After you start figuring out what and how, uh, then comes the big part. You start writing a business plan, researching competitors, choosing a business structure, getting licensing, all that good stuff. Now, this next part of my little opening rant here is aimed at me. So hopefully you can take something at it as well. On the onset of starting a business, it's going to get tough. The easy part is coming up with the idea, especially that step about researching competitors. How am I going to make a splash? I'm just a drop in a bucket, Um, especially me, not knowing two things about business. Um, I know that I want to get my message out there and I want to help people, but that's it. That's all I got. Once I'm in that arena, I start dealing with what's known as imposter syndrome, right? So let's go ahead and talk about this for a second. Imposter syndrome is a psychological experience of feeling like a phony or a fraud in some area of your life, even when you have achieved success and have expertise in that area, Uh, you might have, again, what's called imposter syndrome. If you have self-doubt, anxiety, depression, or negative self-talk. Imposter syndrome is not a mental illness, but a form of self-doubt that makes you attribute your success or lack of success to external factors like luck or lack of luck. Personality traits largely drive imposter syndrome. Those who experience it struggle with self-efficiency, perfectionism, and neuroticism. Competitive environments can also lay the groundwork for imposter syndrome. For example, many people who go on to develop feelings of imposterism faced intense pressure about academic achievements from their parents in childhood. That wasn't really me, but again, talking about myself here, when I did good, my family was very chaotic growing up. So when I excelled at something, I got attention. This is this is new growth, by the way. I haven't even talked about this in therapy yet, so you guys are first to hear it here. This is a ten eight exclusive. So I think that's where my need to exceed or succeed uh, is is rooted. So how do we fix this, right? <laughs> let's let's get out of 10 x brain. How do we fix this? That's the most important thing. What do I do to fix this? Overcoming imposter syndrome involves changing a person's mindset about their own abilities. Imposters feel like they don't belong. So acknowledging their expertise and accomplishments is key. So when you're starting your new business, you need to realize that, hey, you got to this point, you know what you're talking about, at least to an extent. Uh, so you need to do that. That's going to help you. Uh, it reminds you or reminds themselves that they earned their place in this professional environment, academic environment, wherever you are, you earned it. You're here for a reason. Don't forget that. People should stay focused on measuring their own achievements instead of comparing themselves to others. Similar to perfectionists, people with imposterism often put a lot of pressure on themselves to complete every task flawlessly. They fear that any mistake will reveal to others that they aren't good or smart enough for the job. And that's this guy right here. How you doing? Nice to see you guys again. Um, anyone who's been on Instagram this past week knows that I'm currently uh, dealing with this. I'm having, having some issues dealing with uh, figuring out my place in the world. My imposter syndrome, my self-consciousness has hit a peak. Um, so why not? Let's go ahead and, and break down the fourth wall here. I look at all these prevailing police brands and podcasts like poorly made police memes, street cop training, failure to stop. Dexter Pitts, like all of them. And, and they're all, by the way, all those people, all those brands are friends of the show, friends of mine. Like I know them all like them all. And I see how good they are. I see how successful they are. I see everything. Right. And then I look at me and I look at how I stack up and I just, it's not good. You know, I, I, in, in several ways, I consider myself a contemporary to some of these people, some of these brands. And I just see them all just blown right by me or I'm trying to catch up to them and the, the distance is just getting further and further apart. So I get hit with this massive imposter syndrome. Couple it with Instagram games, uh, the algorithm, the shadow bans, all that bullshit. And the same with podcast software and podcast websites. Uh, it's something I've been wrestling with for a while. I feel like every few months I get, I deal with this and then I feel a little bit better when the, when Instagram likes me again and then we fall down this rabbit hole again. It's just ongoing. So this is the part in my intro where I'm supposed to tell you how easy it is to overcome this fear and self-doubt and, you know, you'd be fine. Just, you know, stop thinking negatively and everything will be fine. But as I sit here trying to do that myself, trying to talk myself into getting on Instagram and going back to business normal, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out what do I do with this brand, this, this thing that I've been building for four years. I've, I've listened to Gary Vee. I've listened to Simon Sinek. I've listened to, you know, Jocko and and all those people that I mentioned earlier. And I don't have the answer. I love to tell you that you will find your way. And all you need to do is believe in what you're doing and, and play the long game of, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, man, I don't have the money, production value, name recognition as any of the brands that I've mentioned already. I feel like daily I slip further and further away from the meme community and I'm not stacking up to the podcast game and I'm not knowledgeable or successful enough in the mental health or personal growth game. So I don't know. I don't know where this show goes. I don't know where I go. As I sit here right now talking to you, I'm telling you that 108, you know, the brand that you've come to know and maybe love it's, it's fading fast. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. The truth is, um, imposter syndrome. This is it, you know? Yeah. Have I had success? Have I had some high points? Yeah. Have I had low points? Yeah. Have I had lots of middle ground? Sure. Um, I wish I could tell you there's a quick fix, but if you're someone like me who struggles with self-doubt anyway, there is no quick fix, <laughs> so uh, I keep using the term. It's a slow burn, and honestly, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's time to just snuff out the flame. So I love to be optimistic with you, but I, I just can't right now. Um, but anyway, all that leads to the conversation today. Speaking of optimists, we have Mr. John Matson. John has had amazing success with his various business ventures, ranging from real estate to wine, and is only going on from there. So sit back and check out my conversation with John as we go from the line to the vine. To the wine here on the Ten Eight podcast. You know, in three so years of doing this show. I've done a lot of drunk cop episodes. I don't even know how many at this point, but this is the first time officially to have someone who is a purveyor of the booze itself. So it's an honor. It's a privilege. I've got the man one. What would you say? Like half of the equation behind thin vine wines with me today.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much the full equation, but yeah, thank you. nonetheless. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah I wasn't sure I wasn't sure how far your your wife got into that the equation uh was
1: well, she, she she don't get me wrong she helps a lot with creative side and uh business and marketing and stuff and she signs the cards usually she signs the cards so it doesn't look like a toddler wrote it because it, it would if I did mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's pretty much just me right now man uh but yeah thank you for okay. having us bro
0: absolutely man this is a uh... One of our long time coming conversations. I think I had you in my notes as uh, a potential guest for years at this point. So to have you finally on the show is very exciting and I'm glad you're here. Uh, So ladies and gentlemen, we have John with Thin Vine Wines here. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of a backstory and then we're going to we're gonna go from, like I said, the line to the vine to the wine, and uh, we'll go from there. I like it. Hey,
1: you're a poet, and you didn't know it. I didn't. Yeah, man. Thank you for thank you for having us again. Appreciate it. Uh, we've definitely been following each other for a while, and congratulations on your growth too, and for what you do, bringing you know humor and um, just lightness to all the the dark shit that uh, everyone deals with, with whether it's dispatch or officers out in the field. So, appreciate you, man. Um, so, yeah, I started thin my wines back in 2018. I was still full time with my department uh, sitting in our comp center and my wheels are kind of spinning. I wanted to create a product that uh, honored first responders. That was something I was passionate about that wasn't really out there yet. You know, there was all kinds of stuff for law enforcement, um, coffee, beer, you know, coins, knives, e- everything. But there wasn't really a wine out there yet. And I was passionate about wine. So I set out to create a wine that honored LE. So we started with our flagship label, our Thin Blue Vine, and just kind of branched out from there. So now we have nine labels uh, ranging from honoring law enforcement, fire, military, EMS, dispatch. Everyone forgets dispatch. Don't forget who takes care of y'all out there in the field. And did you know dispatchers like to drink? Allegedly.
0: <laughs> oh, allegedly. Yeah. So yeah. we
1: got dispatch, and then we have a pink label for breast cancer. And honor my aunt; she's a survivor. So, and then two dollars from every bottle we donate back to a nonprofit related to that label. That's what we're all about: wine with a purpose. Just uh, cool labels that honor first responders and things that are near and dear to us.
0: And then we give back a little bit with every purchase. So that's what we're all about. That's awesome. That's it's a great cause. It's great wine. I've been drinking it for quite some Thank time you. at this point. It's very good. And just for everyone to like give a little shout out to dispatchers here since I, I am one now mm-hmm. takes one to know one uh, a week from today when this episode airs. So uh, that's going to be the second week of April. It's going to be our um, dispatcher. appreciation, appreciation Yeah. Episode. Yep. Yeah. So everyone check, take a look out for that. We'll talk about that at the end of this episode. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about your career just to get it started because I definitely in this, what we've been talking for four minutes now, uh, see a lot of similarities. So I just want to kind of hear your story and see how you got to the point of thin vine wine. So what was, you know, what was your backstory? What's the origin story? If we want to go a uh, superhero. Yeah, for sure.
1: So, uh, in a nutshell, I guess, um, I don't know how much time you have. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I joined my department in 2009, went to the academy, spent a beautiful five months there, and I left a little early due to uh, some driving issues. Apparently, I'm not a good uh, co 3 driver, mm-hmm. and the department was nice enough to keep me employed in our communication center. So went to our communication center. Uh, my goal was always to get back out there. My heart was always out there in the streets with you guys um, and girls, and that's just what I've been passionate about. And life and career kind of took its own trajectory um that's a whole nother episode but years go by and you know life just kind of took its own course took took its own course right so ended up staying in dispatch for a little over nine years a little nine years too long for me so yeah i'm sitting in dispatch i'm kind of feeling kind of feeling stuck i kind of had that entrepreneurial bug where I just, I wasn't content doing this one thing. So I ended up actually building a real estate business from dispatch. I got my real estate license. I created a niche called 1020 Realty um, that focuses on the needs of law enforcement and relocating law enforcement and connecting them with uh, agents who are also affiliated with law enforcement. You know know how it is. You feel more comfortable with somebody who's from that world and somebody who kind of gets it and gets the, you know, what you do, uh, the sensitivity, the confidentiality of all the um, so, yeah, I started that and then and I still have that. And then in about 2018, so I wanted to, you know, my ADD and I, I'm sitting there at dispatch board, you know, and rather than crocheting a blanket or playing a Sudoku, no offense to those who do, uh, if that's your thing, it's all good. But I wanted to create something more and something bigger and, and uh, that I could kind of we up to into a bigger business, so and a tangible product. Real estate's great, and helping officers relocate safely and confidential, confident, confidentially is awesome. But I, I wanted like a tangible product that you could have in your hands, you know, create something for somebody. So uh, that's where Thin Vine Wines came about. Um, wanted to create a wine without having to have the vineyard and cause you know how we, we don't get paid that much. So I couldn't afford it.
0: Right. right. Uh, maybe one
1: day that's definitely future goals, but yeah. So um, started looking at vineyards that could help us create our own label and our own product and our own wine. Um, found a vineyard up in central California, a little town called Linden. Uh, they source all their grapes from Lodi, little veteran owned mom and pop vineyard. And it's cool. The manager there, her, She's actually comes from a law enforcement family. Her dad is a retired Contra Costa sheriff. So it kind of all just fell in place. They, we told them what we're all about right up front, uh, what our mission is, you know, what, what we support and they're all for it. So, and the wine is awesome. So we connected with them and yeah, we, we started putting out that wine with that first label, the thin blue vine I mentioned. And then I went, so I left dispatch and I went to our commercial enforcement section that kind of freed me up a little bit more to ramp it up and uh covet hit and we blew up we blew up during COVID.
0: everyone was drinking during everyone COVID.
1: well yeah and we can ship the wine to your doorstep so that was huge right i mean you know the people in our element they're all at work anyways right so it doesn't really matter but True. yeah a lot of people were just oh that's cool i don't have to go to the store you know and all that so but yeah we really got our start backtrack a little bit from influencers put us out there when like instagram was okay with us still and like you know what i mean without getting too uh yeah. bogged down in those details the algorithm and all that shit but uh yeah a lot of influencers put us out there so officer daniels deputy hookham uh 911 strong donut operator tommy larynge you know we we got them all to put us out there and we were super successful because of that so Instagram was huge for us and then 2019 hit, COVID hit, we blew up and then things just kind of slowed down for us a little bit in 2020. Um 2021, my 2022 my son was born and I took a little bit of paternity leave.
0: Got to get that date right.
1: Yeah, I took a little bit of paternity leave, came back for about a month right around Christmas and I was like I'm I'm done. I'm going to go I'm going to go full speed on my businesses. Uh, so we have the real estate businesses and some Airbnbs and then the wine business. And yeah, so, uh, I left my department after about 12 and a half years to fully focus on, um, our businesses and being able to just have that flexibility of, of being at home and being with the kid and, and being there to see him grow up and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I got a little sidetracked there, so I apologize.
0: Nope. Nope. This is, that's perfectly fine. We're going to go back and kind of pick some things apart. The, um, the big thing that I got... So I've been in dispatch now for almost two mm-hmm. years. year and a half or so. Um, before that, six and a half years on the road. And basically, as soon as my feet touched the ground in dispatch, I was looking for a way out. I was looking for something. I didn't know what, right? And, you know, again, the, just like you, the door was open to go back to the, uh, to the patrol side of things. And, you know, I had my own reasons. Everyone has their own reasons. And that door the the to this day the department has not closed that door but to me that door is closed more and more and to the point where like I'm not interested in that anymore so it got to the point for me initially I was like again like 10-8s existed for most of this time definitely you know uh four years now and so that exists but you know I'm looking for something a little bit more tangible and you know I've (laughs) I've to the point of, like, my family jokes about it, but I've looked at, like, the idea of, like, making money and not working to get that money, is it's great to me. Like, I want something to exist yeah. and make money for me. Yeah. And, you know, so I looked into owning a brick-and-mortar business of some kind. To the point of, like, vending machines, and then I looked at laundromats, and then, you know, just, like, these free things. So I totally understand that. And my ADHD, still undiagnosed, we got to work on that. <laughs> Yeah, mine's um, not
1: diagnosed either, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, bounces around to different things. So like, again, for a little bit, I was all in on vending machines. Then I was all in on laundromat then was, and it just keeps going, you know? Yeah.
1: You know, so I think you, you have to find, if you're passionate about it and Hey, don't get me wrong. Like if you could go crush it with vending machines, go crush it. Cause then that'll free you up for whatever you're passionate about. You go and do it. Right. But you know, there's a lot of dispatchers. There's a lot of officers uh, that have that entrepreneurial spirit and know that they can kind of create something bigger and better. And hey, some of them are content. A lot of them aren't, right? So I work with a lot of dispatchers who were just pissed off and unhappy. And uh, I worked with a lot of officers like that too. So if you can find what you're passionate about, go all in on it. You know, go all in on it as your side thing. Keep your full time job with the county or the state or whatever, and just build off of what you're passionate about and create something, you know, you can do it, but don't just sit there and be pissed off. Don't just sit there and be negative and upset all the time. Cause we all know those, those coworkers, right? We all, right. They want to sit there and complain, but they don't want to actually do any work to change anything. Right.
0: And then you tell them, yeah. Yeah. And then you tell them like, Hey, you know, you could always leave. And they go, no, I can't leave. What are you talking about? Like you really can. And, or even the, you know, the, the safer bet, the safer route what we're talking about is that side hustle started as a side hustle. So you're still getting your steady source of income. You're getting your benefits, all that important thing, but you can kind of see light at the end of the tunnel for something else, especially, uh, and I talked about this in my, my last episode for the people that are miserable. Like if you're happy with your job, then you know, we're, right. this is kind of not yeah. your, not your thing. Right. right. But if you're miserable or just unhappy, or like for me, I was bored. You know, you got to do something like I need that kind of, um uh, that extra little go get, you know, and just the way things were going when I first got to dispatch was looking at business opportunities. You know what I mean? So, and oddly enough, the first thing that I set out to do, cause I was going to go to business school uh, was to open up a brewery. And I was like, Oh man, we got thin vine wines. We're going to have the 10, a brewing company. This is going to be great. But that kind of took a sidestep away from that currently.
1: I like it, man. And I love craft beer myself. So yeah, anything that we can do to help support that, Let us know. We actually might be getting into some kind of craft beer element on in our business too. Uh, That's you know to be determined, but dude, that'd be awesome, man. And and there's a and you're in a great state for that, right? It'd be a little harder here, I think, to have something like that. But dude, you're in. I would. I think you know from what I see and read and all that bullshit. But you're a great guy from
0: everything. Yeah. Um. Literally. I mean, you drop a. Dine, you know, drop a pin in a map, and somewhere in Florida, there's going to be a brewery within 25 minutes from that yes. location. It's just and people that would place. support, you know,
1: um, first responders, right?
0: Correct, correct. It's all kind of, you know, something. Years ago, I went to Ireland, and one of the biggest takeaways was you go to any pub in Ireland, the backsplash of the bar is patches. covered in patches yeah. from america yeah you don't see that a lot here yeah. in in the states period but there's a lot of places local to me that's got patches all over the place and, lo- and to me that's so cool like not only is it supporting but like they're they're proud to show they're supporting yeah
1: i mean god forbid right what a concept yeah yeah, no, we- yeah.
0: It's, a, it's a weird society when you have to hide that
1: yeah, we we just had our, our first like wine event um, last weekend. And so typically we do law enforcement trade shows because we know that that's our core um, audience and they support us, we support them. You know, it's it's if it, it fits. So we did our actual like first wine event this, you know, unrelated to any kind of, you know, public safety. And I was kind of I was kind of nervous or I wasn't sure what to expect. And 9 out of 10 people were very supportive of like, Oh, you, you you back law enforcement, you back first. Oh, that's great. Like, we love that. We want to support you because of that. There was one lady who we had a, um, we had a candle with a gun on it. And mm-hmm. she's like, why that gun? Uh, and I'm like, well, why not? <laughs> she's like, Well, you know, I'm just wondering with all the things going on. Why that gun? Why not a handgun? Well, I'm like, I'm like, well, a combat veteran who owns that company. Made that and decided to to print it with that gun on it. So I mean, I wanted to say like, "Hey, you're here enjoying this day and all the sh- stuff you're you're here drinking and you know, day drinking and eating and because of guys with those guns, and people those that guns. hold
0: that gun." Yeah, but I
1: digress. uh So there was <laughs> like one kind of troll, and then she ended up drinking our wine anyways, and I kind of won her over. But yeah, you know what I wanted to say. But, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting to see, even here in California, that most people actually do support you know le and and all that good stuff so
0: yeah that is good and you know it it just it pisses me off a little bit to um see that the narrative the anti-cop narrative which has gotten better i'd say over the last few years um not better i don't want to say that it's gotten quieter yeah yeah. it's definitely not better that's a great Um, quieter i remember sitting in my apartment during the peak of the riots, the peak of antifa burning police cars and stuff like that. And thinking that this is not much different. Everyone bear with me with this reference here because I know it's going to like immediately put people on edge. But it's not much different than Nazi soldiers targeting Jewish houses, Jewish vehicles, Jewish businesses and vandalizing them, crushing them, targeting them and i was sitting by myself not saying that you know obviously the george floyd riots and the holocaust are anything close to the same but the similarities are that we were targeted law enforcement officers and first responders were targeted and literally took money out of business owners hands because of this stupid narrative that was going around and you even said you know because of the way the political things were going Uh, your business has kind of stalled out on Instagram because they're, you know, basically punishing you. And I experience it on a daily basis, punishing you for what you support. And it's very frustrating, especially to be someone who owns a business, literally put food on your table because of the business you do uh, to get that taken away from you simply because of who and what profession you support.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And I think we've, we've DMed a few times back and forth, like, uh, is this algorithm fucking you too? Like, okay, great. It's not just me, you know? Um, not great, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just
0: a little, little uh, commiseration. Yeah.
1: We, you know, we, we built a great following and now most people don't even see what we post. They don't see our stories because we are pro America pro le, pro first responder. Uh, you know, we don't get real political, but you know, we, we back what we back and those, those are who our followers are so why aren't you showing it to our followers at the least but
0: correct yeah, so. and so I have been I've I've gotten a lot better looking at the analytics and looking at my stats and stuff because I can fixate on those numbers really to my detriment mm. but in the last month from mm-hmm. I'm looking at what's Technical that typical
1: dispatcher mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah yeah from February 21st to March 22nd today or yesterday. Like, I don't know if you can see it, but those are the numbers. And like, you see how there's like two little peaks mm-hmm. at the end there. I'm like, that is ridiculous. And those dips are not even showing the truth. Like the, the real truth is that I got nothing for those days. I got for, for someone with a decent following yeah. to have your, Uh, interactions drop into like under the thousands. It's like, what am I, what am I even wasting my time for? And it, it it is highly frustrating when, you know, things like monetization or having a product or anything is involved because it's like, what you're, again, you're taking money out of my hand that way.
1: Yeah. We literally had to kind of pivot our business model and switch from just direct to consumer, which is what we all, we, we historically were into retail. So we're trying to get into more retail stores and restaurants and all that. And that's been surprisingly, surprisingly like well-received too. people, you know, back it up and they see what we're about and they love it. Um, but yeah, we had to completely kind of change what we we're doing.
0: Basically change your business
1: model. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause what was working once wasn't working anymore, you know?
0: Yeah. And you know, I was talking to someone today getting frustrated on Instagram and I was like, I guess I got to build a website. Because, you know, up until this point, I've been using Instagram to kind of promote everything. And if this is just going to be the thing where I'm just going to have a good day and then a whole month of shit and then another good day and a whole month of shit, I can't. That's not sustainable. So now it's like, all right, now i got to spend more money and build a website and and do things like that. So it's just it's frustrating. But obviously, I guess, you know, takes money to make money or whatever they say. Um, So going back to your business and things like that, how, so you said it was your passion for wine that got you started, but let's talk about that. How does one start a wine business, a wine selling business? So you said you got in, what go, there's so many questions I could ask because I'm, I'm so new to this. So you got in contact with this vineyard in California. So what happens? They grow and make your wine and you throw a a label on it.
1: Uh, So they pretty much do everything. Really. We tell them what kind of wine we're looking for. Uh, it's called a custom crush so y- anyone can really go to a custom crush or you can hire a vineyard to make your wine for you if you don't own a vineyard and you don't want to buy a vineyard you can't buy a vineyard so we found one that makes great wine and their values align with ours now we tell them hey we want a cab we want an old vine zinfandel we want a pinot or you know, whatever and they do the hard part they do the science behind it because lord knows i couldn't do that i'm just not smart enough for it so we trust the professionals for that right we outsource that um so they do the hard part they make the wine for us we tell them what we're looking for they make the product they send it to us yeah we like it no we don't or it's too young let's let it age a little bit and then they we create the labels they are they're all federally approved once the feds approve them we send it to the winery and they actually bottle it label it, and then send it to us. And then we distribute from our location here in uh, beautiful Escondido, California. Okay.
0: Okay. So, and that was just, when you said you had a passion for wine, that's what you, what you landed on. That's how it was. Or did you have to kind of adjust your idea from that?
1: So I, you know, I started drinking wine. It's, it's an acquired taste, right? Kind of like any craft, like a craft beer, like an IPA, right? I love IPAs, but I didn't like IPAs at first, right? Um, so I started drinking wine, you know, back in probably like 2012, 2013. Um, my palate kind of started developing. Being right here, we're right near a region called Temecula. It's a great wine region, really underrated, great reds. And then, you know, we're close to Napa. So been to Napa, Santa Barbara, actually got to taste wine in Italy, um, taste a lot of wine in Italy. And that kind of just grew my passion for the science behind it and the the art behind it. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's still not something that I can do myself or that I'm comfortable doing myself. Definitely. I want to be more involved, you know, as we grow, but yeah. So wanting to create a wine, but not having those resources, as far as I don't have a vineyard, I don't have my own grapes. Um, that was the easiest means possible to get a foot in the door for getting into the wine industry with our own label. That's custom made for us.
0: That makes sense kind of the same thing for craft beer and me i you know i I went to a few craft beer bars and i was like and, and just general beer in general and i was like i don't see the appeal you know i had a couple ipas that made me gag uh stouts were okay but i didn't really understand it went to ireland did a couple beer tours there and i'm like oh this is actually really cool again like the science and the uh like the culinary side of it you know, looking at, like, what flavors match with what and things like that, that started the fire. I tried making my home brew, made my own little craft beer at home from a recipe that I got in a kit online. Wasn't terrible. Wasn't, you know, I, I wouldn't sell it at no store or nothing like that, but it wasn't bad just to say I did it. And I was like, okay, now I'm, like, through this conversation, I'm going, okay, I got to find, like, a true, like, brew craft you know someone who really knows what they're doing and see how that works because like you know me doing it in my in my kitchen is a whole lot of different yeah and, and if you
1: want to learn outside of it you know learn it embrace it um hell get a part-time job as a brewmaster like apprentice apprentice at you know a local place down there but yeah they do something called white label in the beer industry right where you can go to a brewery Not of all, not all of them do it, but you can go find one that does a white label and say, Hey, I want to make my own beer. And they'll actually do the beer for you. Um, and you'll work together to find that perfect you know, recipe for your brand. They're the ones making it, but it's your brand. And then, you know, just like our wine on the back, they'll have a little section saying, you know, brewed for 10, eight memes by blah blah, blah brewery company, you know, and no one cares. It, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make it taste any less because somebody else made it for
0: you. Right, and I think that is um, part of it that people, I don't know, I guess that's kind of like looking behind the curtain of the beverage industry is that knowing that there's a winery up in uh, St. Augustine that I went to, and they're, you know, same thing, they've got their label on it, but the grapes and the wine itself come from a different winery somewhere uh, in Central Florida. Super common.
2: Super common.
0: Yeah. And, and... I didn't know that up until you know twenty minutes ago when you said it about you guys doing it. I was like, oh, I didn't know that that was even a process. So you really start learning about it. So, so once you got all that figured out, as far as like the product you were making and everything, what steps went into actually solidifying and forming the business side of it? Oh man! Um,
1: so I created a I created our first label. I actually I can go grab it. Um, it looks like shit, but it was my, you know, I was putting my thoughts onto paper, if you will. And then I hired a freelance designer to actually make the, like the label for us and then our logo, uh, which is the vine right there. Um, so taking those thoughts, the conceptualizing it, but like trusting the professionals to really fine tune it. Um, so that was part of the process to, uh, you know, otherwise it would have been a complete mess if I just tried to do it myself entirely. Um, but that's kind of what uh, like Gary V. I don't know if Gary Vaynerchuk teaches. You know, like sure. you out you you bring someone on to do the parts that you suck at, right? And I suck at a lot of things, so yeah, that that was uh, a big part of the first initial process was okay. This is what I want. This is what I'm visualizing, and then having someone fine tune it finalize it and then yeah so with our wine labels they all have to get federally approved so we have each label sent to the feds they approve it and then we go from there um and then we have of course you know our permits and all that good stuff so uh did i answer your question
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no you definitely didn't and uh, i don't
1: I, I lose I lose track of what I'm saying. It's clearly why. No, I was no, a good you... dispatcher. You could tell. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh,
0: there's there's many times where I sit in you the thing and the I'm just like, oh is that, or like I'm dicking around on my phone and my supervisor's like, did you ever call for that tow? I'm like, no.
2: Nope. Let me no. do that no. right real quick. I yeah,
0: guess. and, and uh, the the funny part, you know, when a unit's like, hey, did you, did you happen to get an ETA on that tow? Yeah, drive time from the yard. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> like, they literally just left, sir. Yeah. I don't know if you follow or listen to or have read Simon Sinek at all, but one of his favorite, one of my favorite quotes from him is, for every why person, there has to be a how person. And I am very much the why person, right? I can come up with an idea. I have, you know, these visions. Sometimes they're, you know, uh, half-brained and kind of crackpot theories. But... Then I turn to either my girlfriend, she's super crafty, she comes up with a lot of stuff, or I outsource on the internet. It's amazing what the internet can yeah. do. And I'm like, hey, I, I got this idea for a challenge coin. I got this idea for a sticker. Can you throw it together? And then it's amazing what the internet or she pushes back to me. And I was like, oh my god, that's exactly what was in my brain. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it just takes that, that neutral third party to, to bring it together.
0: Exactly, because, you know, I've made stuff through different, you know, like Adobe Photoshop, or actually, no, not even, like Photoshop, minus, 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 like the super watered down version, or I'm trying to get into Canva, trying to learn that, and it's just, it looks like a two-year-old did it, you know, and it's like, oh my god, this is not, I can't sell this, or or whatever it might be, and then you get it to someone who knows what the hell they're doing, and it's like, oh, you're a godsend. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the whole beverage business kind of side of It's just so different. Uh, Up to this point, we had someone who uh, owns a gym. He also owns a sober living facility. Oddly enough, we're doing the wine episode after that. Uh, We also have uh, someone that owns the mic loop, you know, so showing different different things that cops, former cops, former uh, first responders have put together is just so interesting. And it's First off, I think would you agree it all just starts with an idea.
1: Yeah, and going after it, not just keeping it an idea.
0: Yeah. And and like I think a lot of people and there's days where I feel the same way either with 108 or one of my 10 million other business ideas is that I I have the idea and I start pushing for it and I'm like, "Oh god, now what?" you know, and it's yeah. you when you start worrying about again, cuz we don't make a lot of money as first responders, it's like I don't have the the money to to put this into into production. Is that, you know, I said earlier, you have to make, spend money to make money. Is that really the case? Or, you know, were you able to kind of get other ways to kind of work through it?
1: So it's kind of interesting. Great question. Uh, And you're absolutely right. You know, and depending on what your venture is that you're looking into or, or that you're passionate about and you want to conceptualize, yeah, it could be a lot cheaper or it could be a way more expensive depending on what it is. So me, I started my real estate brand first, and that was, you know, zero overhead other than like paying my dues and all that good stuff. So real estate, and I, you know, real estate was the vehicle that led me to Thin Vine Wines, and then Thin Vine Wines somehow led me into getting into the Airbnb business. But that's a whole other conversation, I guess. But you know, you 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 start where you can. You start leveraging. Something else that maybe you're not super passionate about, but you you see it as a stepping stone. And that's what real estate is and was for me. It's, it's leverage to fund. It's the vehicle for these other projects. Um, so that's what it was for me personally. Uh, started my real estate brand, ramped that up, that funded Thin Vine Wines, which even that startup cost wasn't a whole lot. You know, if you really, really want to do it, buckle down. It's called bootstrapping, right? You just, you, you stop spending money on stupid shit. Save up. Um, Google's free. Start learning everything you can about what you want to do. Educate yourself and just figure it out from there. Uh, I, I was selling t-shirts. I was designing t-shirts on uh Teespring or T Public, I forget what it is. I still get an email once in a while. Hey, you sold a shirt. Uh, you know, today was a good day. I didn't have to use my AK. Like mm-hmm. I just made random designs. And I was the dispatch board on graveyards. Like, what? A, you know, instead of playing Sudoku or playing blackjack with everyone else, you know, at two o'clock in the morning when there's no calls coming in, I was like, no, I need to like, I need to do something. You know. So yeah, I was designing T-shirts, I,
0: selling. Just, I think that's that's a great point of view.
1: And that's just me. Like, if, don't get me wrong. I don't. Right. I'm not but, shitting on people who want to do that. Like that's all good.
0: No, and and you know neither am I. But again, kind of speaking to the people unhappy in their situation, yeah. you know, and and we're speaking as people in dispatch or who were in dispatch. But there are plenty of guys on the road. Two o'clock comes in. Instead of sitting in the parking lot watching or making TikToks, <laughs> how about you apply your time to other ways? Yeah. You know, I think that's a really Really good point, and there's so many, 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 many cop-owned businesses out there for everything: training, coffee companies, wine, uh, t-shirt brands, stuff like that. They're they're all out there, right? So, the way I see it, and. gotta gotta figure out how I want to say this when I when I make stuff when I make my t-shirts when I do the podcast when I do the memes I'm like man I'm just a drop in the bucket one of a million pages out there but that being said I am just a drop in a bucket which means there's plenty of people that haven't gotten to that drop yet and there's a reason for it so whatever your idea is don't don't go like oh no there's already so many of this out there give yourself that fighting chance and you can because okay. Yeah. There might be a thin vine wines out there, but there might, you know, there's a market elsewhere for another wine company or another coffee company or whatever. And if you hunker down, because what you do for your business is totally different than what I would do for that business. And I think, you know, putting your personal spin on it kind of is the exciting part of this whole creation process.
1: Yeah. And who cares if there's another similar company? I mean, yeah, when it comes down to it, obviously you don't want to be too similar with something else cuz you're just competing with them. But you know how it is in this family, right? We're all a big family. Everyone's kind of has each other, everyone kind of has each other's backs, right? So, if you have a t-shirt company and they have a t-shirt company, you know, there's really no beef, there's no drama. It's like, "Hey, let's help each other out." So, like I went to Tent City last last year um, in DC in at the Police Week and there's a, there's a hundred t-shirt companies out there, but it's all good. It's all good. Like they have their designs. You have your designs. Um, you know, I won't name any names, but like there's big giant brands and then there's like the little small mom and pop and they, they crushed it too. Um, and it's all good. You know, we're, we're a big family and people will be supportive. And actually that's a great place to start. So if you are sitting in your, uh, patrol car at two in the morning with your red light on, and you're just like, well, now what? Or you're sitting in a dispatch and your beat partner's crocheting a fucking blanket. Start reaching out to those companies that do something similar to what you want to do. Like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, where should I start? I, I almost guarantee you most of them will help you. They will try to mentor you as much as they can to help you get up and going and get that. Just that first step really is all it takes most of the time.
0: Right. Yeah. I, you know, I would, people message me all the time, either about starting a podcast, making stickers, whatever. And there are, there are, they are out there, but there are very few that gatekeep that information, you know, like I will flat out, you know, I, I don't really have a blueprint, but I'll give you the blueprint that I have what's worked for me up to this point. And as I said earlier, I can't tell you that's going to work right now because Instagram just kind of stopped everything. But the point being, Everyone is so uh, willing to help and give information out, yep. and talks like this. I really hope kind of spark people who feel that that need to create something, but don't know where to start. And literally, the answer is just yep. do it. And also, not to not to uh, uh, talk poorly about Bridget in Dispatch who's crocheting that blanket. She <laughs> might be selling that at the farmers market. You hey. Know?
2: Get it,
1: Bridget. You know what? You go slaying at the farmer's market. I love that. Absolutely. I shouldn't, I I shouldn't shit on Bridget for crocheting that blanket. Um, I just know if I get it in my Christmas basket, I'm, you know, I'm going to give it away to like a a dog (laughs) shelter or something
2: like that.
0: Right. 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 Um, no, but you know, and right now I'm on, I'm on nights in dispatch and same thing about where I work. It's like midnight when this, when the times, the calls stop coming in. Um, but that's why I went back to school because I was like, I have all this time I could do nothing with it or I could do something productive with it. And again, that's all kind of every time I do an assignment or you know take another class, it is a, another payment into that future, into that goal. And you know because I've been flat I've been very honest with everyone like I don't see past. If I make it 10 years in dispatch, that's going to be a long time. Let's put it that way. Um, But I see so much more in my future because of everything that I've experienced and things like that. So I'm always, you know, building to that next climbing to that next mountain peak. And um, I think that entrepreneurial side is just an example of one of those things that we can we can um, cultivate. And you're right, Google's free. You can learn so much. I learned so much about vending machines just sitting in my dispatch center on Google for a few hours and it was like, oh, look at that. You know what I mean? So um, the the real estate thing, I think everyone kind of shits on the real estate market a little bit because I feel like everyone rushed to it, but that's got to be a sign, right? Everybody's doing it. It's got to be a good option.
1: Yeah, that happens when the market's high. It's just, that's what happens just naturally. The market gets really high. You know, yeah, here... Average house is six, seven hundred thousand. So yeah, you sell one house a year, you're good to go. Um, so that's natural, but you have to set yourself apart. You can't just join, and that's what I realized real quick. I joined with uh, a big brand brokerage, and I realized real quick I couldn't just be John with blah 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 Realty. Like I had to set myself apart, and I was actually talking to a buddy. He was this really he he literally turned 21 in the academy he was a really young cop at a really nice department in our county and he ended up buying his first house at like 23 um, which is great and but his realtor you know she had no idea so she sold him this house and he hits me up he's like hey john um my neighbor is fifty one fifty, and he goes on his so our penal code for crazy a crazy person you know a mental case to be frank or to be specific, Mm -hmm. and he goes on his roof every night and just screams. I'm like, well, that's cool. Did your neighbor run like an artist check on, or did your realtor run an artist check on the neighbor? Like, I don't think so. Like, So I'm like, okay, cops, dispatchers, they need to work with somebody who understands those things that people don't even think about. Your average, you know, Adam Henry with Adam Henry Realty, just not even on their radar. Like, I don't need to check what's what the like activity is in the neighborhood who cares it's not even on their radar so mm-hmm. i was like okay we need to create a brand that specializes in helping first responders find not only a you know suitable house in a le friendly neighborhood as much as we can but also if you're retiring in california and you're moving to florida and let's say you have your real estate license i can say hey my boy ten eight he's got his license he has a history in law enforcement he knows what you need and like what's important to you he'll take care of you you know there's something about being able to connect them with somebody who gets it and understands that life that they have you know
0: so in your in your realty brand, do you work with a different brokerages out there or do you just kind of do you serve as that? To list your own properties or how does that work? So
1: yeah, I, I work with a brokerage. Um, so I have a DBA for 1020 Realty is the name of our like law enforcement specific brand. Outside of that, I'm just, you know, John Matson Realtor, yada yeah, yada. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, because it wouldn't make sense to do 1020 Realty and there's like handcuffs on the logo and stuff, it would probably freak people out. Mm. But yeah, so we work with the brokerage. We have a DBA for our law enforcement brand. And yeah, we uh You know, we can work anywhere and connect any person to another le affiliated agent anywhere in the country, and it's really it's nothing to them, nothing to the client.
0: Nice, but obviously it's it's able for you to serve your needs and and do the things that you want to accomplish with it.
2: Yeah,
1: it's um, and I am passionate about that. You know, it's because I would want that too. I would I would want that connection where. This person gets it. This person knows what I'm dealing with or this person understands graveyards, right? I tell them, Hey, I'm on graveyards and they still call me at like nine in the morning, you know, just little things, little things. And then like my buddy who he had his 5150 neighbor, you know, I would have found, I would have found, Hey, the the neighbor's house that you're looking at the, at the, the property you're interested in buying, they have like all this police activity, you know, nightly, like <laughs> there's all these calls here. So, mm-hmm probably want to look somewhere else unless you're cool with it, but just things that other, other, you know, people who aren't in that world, that's not even on the radar. They don't even think about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I had a, I'm, I'm lightly in the real estate market right now. And I was looking at a house that was for sale, right, right around where I work. And same thing. We were, board on graveyards and we start doing call history searches for all the surrounding properties. And sure enough, there was, we call it signal 20 in Florida. There was a signal 20 right, you know, catty corner to the house. I was looking at, I was like, well, that's not the one. And like, they were not uh low level, mentally ill calls they were like you know walks around the neighborhood with a knife and i was like yeah. nope not 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 who me? doesn't like uh, that but that's in, yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong sometimes it's interesting to open up your window and see what the local wildlife <laughs> yeah. is doing As i call it the local but, you know yeah but you know not not if i'm All living right. there full yeah. time you know and if they're like where i live right now is the pass through between two major roads so you you know you see a lot but they don't live there, you know? So I'm like, okay, that's okay. If my neighbor had the cops there every night, we wouldn't be living where we currently live, you know? But again, that goes to what you're saying, that, you know, first responders get it. So you need another first responder to see you through to that thing. So if, um, since we kind of talked on it, if someone was looking to get into real estate, what would you recommend them do?
1: it's great for um, people in our position, or you know in your position, um, because it's at least here in California, which I would imagine it's a lot harder here than anywhere else, just because they make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be here with everything, right? So I did home study. Uh, when I got my real estate license, i I paid for a course. They sent me the stuff to my to my house, and I did it at my leisure. Uh, So I did the home study, took the at-home test, and then I took the state exam, which is actually, the state exam was harder than any law enforcement test I'd ever taken in my life. Um, It was actually really hard. So I'm glad I studied. But, uh, yeah, you you know, you do that. You get your license and then you you sign up with somebody. And if you want to keep your full-time job, great. But you sign up with a brokerage where you're like, hey, uh, I have this full-time job. I want to do this part-time. You know, are you cool with that? Yeah, great. And then you go from there. Really what you want to do is become a buyer's agent first because they're going to have these leads for you. They're going to be a big team or a big brokerage where they have so much business coming in from the leads they're generating. They need to funnel them out to people because they can't handle them all on themselves. So they're going to give them to you. They're going to take a cut. Obviously, they brought the lead in, but then you're just getting these leads funneled to you. So uh, that's what you should probably start at unless you have this it's called a sphere of influence, right? So your family, your friends, your contacts that you already have, unless you have a sphere that you know is gonna just crush it for you or give you at least that you know one or two deals a year that you're okay with, then yeah, you probably wanna look for a buyer's agent role wherever you're at and they're all over the place, especially right now because real estate is just booming. Boom.
0: Real estate's good, yeah. yeah. Now, two things with it. First off, my first semester back in college, taking tests i was like holy crap what is this where are all the uh d all of the above questions because the tests are so much more difficult than law enforcement questions and and tests so i definitely relate to what you were saying with that uh yeah go figure um non-law enforcement related people listening to this are not going to understand the simplicity of cop tests especially for like recertification it's scary that's just
1: (laughs) scary easy i
0: mean there's a lot more
1: harder stuff down the road but yeah they're like yes. written test.
0: but but like the stuff like the yearly requalifications or the the reevaluations that you need to take um especially you know you take your NCIC test uh every 2 years for 20 years i mean you can do it in your sleep at that point maybe a few nuances change but it's not it's not that big of a deal um so going back to the real estate thing um at literally as we're talking i'm going how to get a fl- how to get a real estate license um <laughs> but when you do that um the sphere of influence is a big deal. I had, My nephew uh, went from working customer service. He went to be a car uh, car dealer. And I was like d- – he was hitting me up. He was like, hey, you need a new car? I was like, no, I'm good with mine, man. And I, I was like asking your friends and your family to buy a car or a house is so much different than asking them, hey, you want to buy a T-shirt? Like I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm running this T-shirt business. Yeah. It's a major life investment.
1: Yeah. You know what it is? You're, you offer yourself as a resource. That's it. Like, Hey, do you want to buy a house? Like, nah, you know, that's kind of a not the best way to approach it. It's, Hey, I got my real estate license. I have a few deals under my belt. Like if you need help, let me know if you want to, you know, let's like, let's talk about it or let's see what your house is worth. You know, if you start thinking about selling, it's just offering yourself as a resource. And you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm not as like salesy guy. I, I kind of actually hate like salesy people. So I always approach it that way is is how do, would I want to be approached as a consumer, you know? And, and I do that with everything, with the wine, with the real estate. Uh, I just try to treat it how I would want to be treated in that situation.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, if you get your license in California, are you able to sell down here in Florida or is there something else you have to do on top of that?
1: No, you can you can get dual license states. Um, a lot of people actually here have that. So, but like the neighboring states, so you know Arizona, Nevada, that sort of thing. What what I would do is, let's say you got your license, and I had a client here in San Diego retiring and wanted to move to Florida, which is actually happening quite a lot. It's
0: very frequent, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd say, hey, I got I have a guy down there, great contact, uh, law enforcement background, and I'm going to hook you up with that. And then you would actually take it from there. You'd pay a small referral fee when escrow closes. That's all good. They get taken care of. You get taken care of. We get a little bit. It's win-win for everybody.
0: Every, everybody's eaten. There's enough for everybody.
1: Yeah, everybody wins.
0: That's awesome. Um, you know, <laughs> I I was offered to take the real estate test with a buddy a few years ago and I was like, Oh no, man, that's not for me. You know, I'm going to be a cop till I die kind of thing. And you know, we all know how that worked out. But, um, you know, even just in the, in the little bit of this conversation, but I've seen him kill it, you know, in, in doing real estate since taking it. And I'm like, that might be something just to look in for, especially the idea of like doing it part-time at your full-time job, um, and using it to facilitate and pay for other, things out there that's like i want i'm i wish i was in the head of the people listening to this because to me i'm like this makes sense
1: yeah and don't go into it thinking oh i'm gonna get rich you know can you get rich doing real estate yeah fuck yeah you can but don't go in thinking oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna crush it right out of the gate like no it's gonna be a little bit of a slow buildup. hey if you crush it right out of the gate great good for you um but you kind of have to go in with the expectation of this is gonna take a little bit of time But when I get that check, when I get that escrow check, like, it's going to be great. And like you said, um, I'm going to use this to ramp something else up or build something else or start something else. You know, use it as your vehicle to do those other things.
0: Yeah. And again, it's kind of like, you know, what we were talking about, using it as a side hustle kind of thing. Like, hey, I'm already getting my full-time pay. I've got benefits. Like, I'm not giving all that up to go work on this where it might be a slow buildup. So I think all that needs to go into the mindset of people going into it.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I was actually – I was down by our old comm center yesterday um, at my wife's work. And there was this old – there used to be a FedEx building there where like a FedEx office, you know, you can go print stuff or get on the internet. So our comm center was probably like five minutes from there. So I remember we had 30-minute lunches. So I have like some kind of real estate deal going on where I can't do everything for my phone. Like I could do a lot for my phone, but there's some stuff you just need a freaking computer. Right? So I remember on my 30 minute lunch, I would haul ass down here to this FedEx, print something out, sign it, scan it, upload it back and like get back just in time to like get back on my seat before they're like, where, where's Mattson you know? Um, so you do what you got to do. Like there's hectic moments, but if you have that freedom of flexibility to look at your phone, you can do a lot from your phone, man. I've sent contracts from my phone, signed contracts, signed you know, home inspections and stuff like that. So yeah, the, think of stuff that you can actually start doing from where you're at, uh, if you can safely. You know, it's a little different if you're out on patrol and you're out in your car, you don't want to be looking down at your phone all day, obviously. Uh, but if you're in dispatch or you're on grave, you know, do something where you can actually work on it um, in that position that you're already in, Right. that, that you're in trouble for too much, hopefully. But, sure. And yeah. you know,
0: You know, another thing, like, let's say you are working day shift, you're working patrol, or, you know, at a busy dispatch center or a firehouse, whoever's listening, um, you can also use your next shift bid or your next, you know, ability to change your shift to go and be like, hey, I want, I need to work nights because maybe I'm studying for a test. Maybe I'm studying for my real estate license. And, like, it goes back to, like, if you want it, you're going to make it happen. Because a lot of people could hear the first part and be like, oh, you know, I don't, I just don't have time for it. You can make time. You can figure out. Or, like you said, stop spending money on shit you don't need. And uh, my last guest said the same thing. Like, hey, you may want to drive, you know, uh, the newest sports car. But maybe you need to buy a Toyota Corolla for a little bit or not – not buy a new car, you know, like maybe stick with the one you got that you have paid off. So that way you can use your money to do something else, something better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there will always be those people that will make those excuses no matter what, but if you're miserable in what you're doing, fix it, fix your shit, fix it. Mm -hmm. Don't just sit there and complain and be miserable. You don't have to be like that. And people get stuck in the security of it. Right. And I got stuck in a little bit of security of it. I have this state job, you know, I'm vested and I'm X amount of years away from medically or, or medical after retirement. You know, you get st- you do get stuck in that. Well, I can't leave that, right? Um, but you can, you can, it'll be all right. Yeah, I like, I kind of promise you. Yeah. It might not be, but
0: right. <laughs> it and, depends and, on your and, ethic,
1: I guess, your work ethic. Sure, but
0: and going back don't, to Gary
1: Vee. Okay, don't be a there was a lot of people I worked with that are lifers, right? They hate it. They're miserable. They're mean to everybody, and but they're lifers. They're at that point where they feel like I'm I'm committed to this. I hate it, but I'm committed. Like, don't get stuck in that mindset, because then you're you're gonna you're gonna get to that retirement age, and then you're gonna die two years later because you're so miserable and stressed out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, do what you gotta do. Figure it out. Get out. Build something bigger and better for yourself, and then that time will come where you can still pull off that retirement, anyways. And you'll and you have your other stuff that you created, and you'll be glad you did it, or at least tried it. Right? Failure has another big role in all of it. Is you're going to learn from those failures, right? I failed a tons a ton of things, right? But you learn from that, and you move on, and you adapt, and you overcome. And that's the beauty of failure. Really, is it's uh, it's a lesson. It's not a just oh i failed like that's it it's over you know you learn from it and you move on adapt overcome
0: <laughs> boom yeah. end of the podcast. there it is that's it man and uh just uh, no no that was sorry, I no, no no not at all um that goes back to the gary v thing where he tells everyone like take the chance you know i'm not here to say like gary Vee and just say hey, quit your fucking job i wouldn't do that but if you're not happy work on things to make you happy. And that's really the ultimate goal of the shit that I talk about is I just want people to be happy and fulfilled in whatever it is that they're doing. So if you're, yes. if you're sitting at your job and you're not enjoying it, it's not, it doesn't serve you. Then it's time to look for something that will,
1: you nailed that if it doesn't serve you anymore, you know, look for something else. And I, I'm in a couple of like dispatch groups on Facebook. And I see a lot of people who are like, I'm just burned out. I'm burned out. I don't know what else to do. And one Take your vacation days. Like, take your vacation days. Go do your reset, whatever that might be for you. Right? We can't, we can't um, determine what that is for you. But take your your PDD days. We had like PDD, PDD, personal development days. Go take your personal development days, whatever that means. Go do it. Go do you, and go to EAP. Like we had EAP, um, which do you had? Did yeah. you? Was it mm-hmm. called EAP for you guys? Yeah. So go talk to somebody. Um, a lot of people, I think in the, like the younger generation, my generation, they kind of see talking to a therapist as like weakness. Like, no, actually, you're, you're going to be a better person because of it. It's, it's, there's something about talking to somebody who's impartial, who's professionally trained to literally solve your fucking problems, mm-hmm. um, has a college degree in solving your shit, fixing your shit. Uh, So use EAP. Go talk to somebody. You don't tell anybody what you're doing. A lot of people are are ashamed, right? Well, what if you just don't tell anybody and you're just focusing on yourself and you're fixing your own shit internally. Um, So that's another big one. So people get burned out. They might not have these inspirations that you and I have, but take care of yourself. Um, Take the time off, go talk to somebody and find somebody that you actually connect with. You know, that's the beauty of EAP. You can bounce around from, person to person until you find somebody who actually you you kind of connect with and you feel uh, gets what you're going through and your problems.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I hope everyone listening kind of takes all that to heart because what you said is exactly right um so we're gonna get ready to wrap it up but i do have our last 10 questions that i have to ask you these are the questions i ask everybody that comes on the show 10 questions 10 questions uh at Shit. one point this was. i, a- I shouldn't talk so much nope you are perfectly fine uh so the first one is what's the best book you've read recently uh,
1: um it was a children's book about comets and stars <laughs> okay
2: okay <laughs>
0: nice
1: um- <laughs> No. We, so we have a, a 19 month old. it will be 19 months in a couple days. So I feel like a lot of my books lately are like, you know, circles and shapes and <laughs> colors and numbers. Um, but like the last adult book, my wife got me the, um, the Jordan, the Wolf of Wall Street book, Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Classic. Uh, so I need to start that. I haven't started it, but I have a lot of Gary V books love Gary V. Um, yeah, I listen to more like podcasts really than than reading books. I do want to start reading more though. Um, so like Grant Cardone, uh, Andy Frisella, Gary V. There's a lot of the guys that yeah I, I
0: got. Follow. I got Jordan hey, Belfort's book for Christmas as well. Belfort, thank you. Yep. Yeah, I and um, let me tell you, man, Audible has been amazing. Audiobooks and things like that. Um, I'm currently listening to uh john deloney's book but i got gary v's book um crushing it that i've been listening to i kind of go back and forth to that one um just great stuff um and i also like audible because it's typically read from the author so you kind of get that personal
1: i like that yeah yeah like you don't want to read it you don't want to listen to gary v book without gary v you know his voice right right? the thing i like
0: about the gary v book is he will be like Hey, I'm going off script for a second. And then he'll just start talking. Cause I, you know, I don't, Hey, fucker. yeah, pretty much. I'm like, there's no yeah. way Gary go Vee to can garage be sale. scripted. Yeah, exactly. Go, go to a garage sale, get some baseball cards, go flip some shit. <laughs> um, what is something that you do to ground yourself?
2: To ground myself.
0: Yeah. That's a good question.
1: Uh,
0: I don't do enough. Uh,
1: but I have something carved out in our schedule coming up actually that I'm pretty excited about. And that. So I love the mountains. I love the snow. I love to snowboard. I haven't snowboarded in three years, but I used to, I used to do it a lot. Uh, pre-marriage, pre-kids, pre-business, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of things take over, right? Like uh, I this is money and time that I don't need to be spending my energy on right now, right? Yada, yada, yada. But my wife actually, um, she's a great supporter and she just – we, we kind of were just talking the other night and she's like, why don't you go up to Big Bear? So we have a little mountain town here called Big Bear. I grew up going there. My parents had a cabin there. We have a cabin there now. Um, it's very near and dear to me. And that's kind of my reset. That's kind of where I get grounded a lot. So the drive up the mountain always helps me. Uh, and then just getting up on the ski at the ski resort and going up the chair and I'm by myself and I'm in my own thoughts. That's where I really get grounded. Um, so I'm excited Monday and Tuesday. I'll be up there doing that. Awesome. Um, which God bless my wife. She's like, I'll take care of the kid. I got it. Um, you know, go, go do what you got to do. So that's a big one for me. Uh, when I don't always have that, jump in the car, cruise around, just me, my thoughts, maybe some music, maybe a podcast, um, really just kind of trying to ground myself and, uh, reset back to where i know i need to be uh yeah that's kind of kind of all i can do right now i feel like you know
0: that that works sometimes that's all you can do and all you need to do what do you do i I wish i could say like go hit the gym like
1: no i'm not hitting the gym
0: hey good for you man that that, you know i feel like everybody when i ask this question they go with you know the gym or whatever and sometimes i'd be lying to you if i said that yeah and sometimes i feel like it's just no like that doesn't to me the gym is work like i'm doing work here it's not necessarily um a relaxing thing you know and i i understand the people that get feel that way but we're not all david goggins or jocko like (laughs) like running is not something that's gonna ground me it'll make me feel shitty but not ground myself
1: yeah Yeah, i'll probably get injured dude david goggins man he's another good one he's a trip did you see um the the clip of him on rogan and he's Rogan has some other, like, little chubby fat guy. And the fat guy's like, hey, I brought you a cookie. Tagaga. He's like, hey, I brought you a cookie. And God's just like, you're you're a big fat fuck. Like, I don't want your cookies. <laughs> no. You're disgusting. You, you, you like being fat? And the guy's like, yeah. He's like, you're you a fucking sick excuse for a man. You're fucking disgusting. Wow. No, I didn't. The is. guy's
0: like, I am what
1: I am. It's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's funny.
0: But that guy's happy. He's content being fat. I don't know. It's yeah, cool. I mean different Anyways, stru- it takes different people. A bit. I'm no, sorry. you're fine. Carry it on. takes different people to make the world turn. So like <laughs> you know, square boxes for square holes. Like if you're not if that's if you're not David Goggins or you're not like motivated by the stuff he does, which I think he's entertaining, but I don't like live my life according to the book of Goggins. Yeah. No, that that dude's a
1: machine. He's an animal.
0: Yeah. So, you know, take uh, one of my favorite quotes is take take what's relevant and leave what's not. And that's kind of how I take all those things. Um, What do you do for self-care? That, you know, kind of of similar to the last
1: uh, answer. Uh, When I can, I'll go up to the mountains. And we do have our cabin up there. So even if I can't go snowboarding, like get up, up, up the mountains, just that drive up the hill is refreshing for me. Uh, That's self-care for me. I'll go windows down, even in the freezing cold winter, just – the wind, music, maybe no music, that's self-care for me. Um, I also go to I, – I do regular therapy, not because there's anything going on, just for maintenance, and it's uh, – I feel it's always good to bounce shit off of an impartial party mm. who can really help you understand, like, what, you know, what you're thinking and all that good stuff, but uh, self-care, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I definitely want to read more podcasts are self-care for me, you know, I walk the dogs and the kid in the morning and I try to put on something uh, productive in my headphones Mm -hmm. for that. Um, That's my self-care really. Those are probably should do.
0: Those are all good ones though. And I like the fact that you said that like therapy, there's nothing going on. I just like having that out there. And I, I always tell people like the best time to go to therapy is when you're not in crisis, you know, like build, you know, build that relationship because First off, it takes a long time to trust the person you're talking to. So that way, yeah. when you are in crisis, you know that you can hit them up and go, this is what's going on. Or maybe you've already discussed tools to help along the way. And I you know, I say it all the time, yeah. but to hear from someone not me is very refreshing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, no, you nailed it. Go, Go when you don't really need to go, you feel like. Like there's nothing going on. When you wait until there's some shit going on, it's too late. Mm. It's too late. I mean maybe not too late is is the wrong way to put it. But you we're, know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah,
0: you're, you're it's way better. The curve at that be
1: proactive point. about it. Correct. Be proactive about it. Don't be reactive. Right? We can all relate. Proactive, reactive. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Be proactive. Would you open up an envelope with your death date written inside? Ooh.
1: We're getting juicy here. Um, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. No, I'd, I'd be too anxious knowing that date. And then I'd probably just completely, uh, I'd go crazy. I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I'd probably go to Vegas, spend all my money, drink all the booze. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be bad. Okay. I, I wouldn't
0: like it. Would you be friends with yourself?
1: Would I be friends with myself? Yeah, fuck Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question though, man. That's ooh, that's D.
0: Uhhuh, yeah. Uh would you, you give me Yeah, I think I would. I think uh I think I'm, I've gotten to the point where now I would. I think there was definitely some point in my life where I would be like, I don't want to be around that guy. And I've become the person who I would want to be with.
2: Ooh, so, interesting. So, personal like growth,
0: personal growth. Has anyone
1: ever turned the tables and asked you these questions?
0: Um, not all of them. A couple of them, when they get stumped, they're like, I don't know, man. What, what was your answer? <laughs> What'd you say? Oh. Let me see your test. But, um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes... Um, Let me see that Scantron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about cop tests, right? Um, (laughs) What do you want from other people?
1: What do I want from other people Uh, just in general or like in business and in life? Just generally speaking. Uh, I I feel like you should always treat others how you want to be treated. You know, Um, I feel like that's, I feel old saying it, but it's like, man, this younger generation, you know, a bunch of fucking assholes that they have no self-awareness and, no empathy and I don't know. I just like have empathy. Uh, Just treat people how you want to be treated, how you'd want them to treat your parents or your grandmother or your kid. That's it. It's really simple actually, you know, treat people how you want to be treated.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like we overcomplicate life too much. It's not that difficult. Just be respectful. Be nice.
1: Yeah. You think, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What sort of impact are you looking to make and how do you make it?
1: Oh, man. Uh, definitely, obviously, we're big on supporting first responders. We, we recognize who who holds shit down when the shit hits the fan, right? Who's, who's running towards the danger? Who's answering the calls? Who's missing the soccer games and the Christmas mornings? Um,
0: what was the question? <laughs> what, do you, what do you want from other people? Or um, I'm sorry. What impact are you looking to make? That was the one. Yeah. So thank
1: you. We we want to make an impact that we acknowledge what these what these people do. Um, we will always support it, and we want to hopefully have a trickle effect on other businesses and other organizations. Um, don't be don't be afraid of who you support. You know, don't be afraid to acknowledge and put out there who you support and what you support Uh, when it comes you know, some stuff. Yeah. Maybe keep it to yourself, but God forbid you support the cops. God forbid you support the military. Um, You know, like I I hope that we have an effect on maybe pushing some other businesses into, okay, like, Hey, they're, they're doing it. Like, and they're okay. Maybe we make more of an effort to, put it out there that like, Hey, you guys are welcome here. Actually. We, we want you here more than most people. Um, and we have your back. How do you define the word friendship? Yeah, that's a good one too. Um, I guess there's different levels. Uh, friendship to me would be, you know, we, we don't, maybe we don't talk for five years, but we pick up where we left off mm-hmm. and we can reconnect and it's all good, you know. If, you're, if it's a true friendship, we don't have to talk every day. Um, but if you hit me up and you, you know, you're, you're in need of, of somebody, I'll be there and vice versa. And yeah, it, we can go a while without talking and then pick right up where we left off. And uh, I had that experience recently. I did a, a trade show for Dispatch and that was our first like Dispatch trade show. And saw a lot of dispatchers I used to work with, and there was a couple of them where it's like, it's like we had just worked a shift the night before, like it was all good, you know, um, solid, solid people that you can rely on, you
0: know, no matter what. How do you define the word happy, and what makes you happy? Mm.
1: All right, I'm starting to think. I am in therapy right
0: now, actually.
1: <laughs> uh, happy, I think. Uh, I think that's, it's an, an, an internal feeling, you know, it's not what you're putting out there as displaying as happy, but you're, yeah, you just feel you're content with where you're at, what you're doing. And what was the second part?
0: What makes you happy?
1: Makes me happy. Uh, my kid, my wife and business, like being a dad is huge. Um, don't make me cry, 10 8 memes.
0: Uh, nope, nope, nope.
1: me cry. But that's huge. Uh, I think I mentioned we have a 19 month old. That's my boy. Like, he's my best friend. Uh, my wife's my second friend, second best friend. Don't tell her. Uh, she's awesome. And yeah, they make me happy. And then just being able to do what I want makes me very happy. You know, it's stressful. Another not to backtrack too much on like what we kind of touched on, but those people that are thinking about, you know, what else could I do and get out of here and do something full time. That's different. It's fucking scary, but the freedom and flexibility that comes along with it makes me happy. Yes, makes me very happy. Don't get me wrong. It's stressful. And there's days where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And it's just a roller coaster, but makes me happy.
0: Yeah. You know, I will tell (laughs) you when I went from, patrol to dispatch and i i'm still you know i still work for a police department but that difference was such a freeing experience like for some reason maybe not being directly with the public one-on-one was like hey i feel i feel free you know like it was a new thing and there's part of me that i know that when i hang up the first responder side Whenever that may be, I know I'm gonna be like, Holy crap, there's a whole like this is freedom. I totally forgot about this. You know, I did it for so long in my life, but then when you're in first responder life, you kinda of get that taken away a little bit, you know. Public service is different. So, you know, to be beholden to no man, I could or woman, whatever, uh, or LGBTQ <laughs> whatever uh yeah don't forget uh, my pronouns what are my pronouns by the way everybody uh john's pronouns are drink drink drunk so <laughs> don't you get them wrong that's right that's right i said i said the other day when i got into work i was in a bad mood and i was like listen everybody i identify as a problem <laughs> so that was yeah that was my uh my little thing you get, um you get rid of it I did not. Luckily, my my coworkers are very. Uh, they they get me by now. They get me by now. <laughs> um, we the conversations that happen in the dispatch center. It's it's crazy. Oh, it's morbid. It is Mor- morbid. Some dark shit. Yeah, absolutely. And the last one I got for you. Speaking of morbid, what is the meaning of life? Oh man,
1: uh, legacy. I feel legacy. So what are you leaving behind? What story are you leaving behind? Um, and now being a parent, you know, that's huge. I want to leave a, a strong legacy behind for my kid, for kids' um, legacy. I think that is what it's all about.
0: I like that. And someone did turn that question on me before, and I said basically the same thing, that to leave this world with a little bit of me in it and leave it better than when I was here. Yeah. So um Absolutely. I think that's I like a good that. way. Um, all right, John, this was great, man. I think uh, we learned a lot about you and a lot of your experience, and I think there's a lot to take away from it from the business side of things too, whether it be to wanting to start a wine business or really any business. I think there's a lot of transferable knowledge that went through. If anyone wants to get in contact with you or they want to check out Thin Vine Wines, uh, which we obviously we do the ad every week, but uh, go ahead and I'll let you get kind of give your spiel.
1: Thank you, brother. So yeah, social media at Thin Mind Wines across all of them: Instagram, Facebook. We're on Twitter, but we haven't tweeted in like you know eight years. <laughs> uh, just I don't even think we've been on there for eight years. But yeah, mainly Instagram, Facebook, and yes, please. We need all the engagement we can get. As uh, me and Tenay kind of mentioned, uh, it's very hard being a pro le pro first responder company brand on social media. So. Smash that like, smash that follow on 108 on me, and we appreciate it. And then our website, thinvine.wine, uh, and you can buy wine from there. We ship it right to your doorstep. There's just a handful of states we can't ship to, uh, like you know, Arkansas, things like that. Uh, New Jersey is a big one, really. But other than that, right. you can ship almost everywhere. So, yeah, thinvine.wine, and I believe we have a promo code 108, right? Yeah, T E N, the number eight. There you go t e n number eight you get ten dollars off, so two dollars I'm sorry, ten dollars off, two bottles or more five off wine, five off shipping ten eight is the promo code
0: that's awesome and yeah yep. um, awesome, man. and it, just to kind of piggyback on what he said. Even if you don't want to buy the wine, even if you know it doesn't really interest you, maybe you don't drink wine, maybe you're Mormon, I don't know. Um, just like some posts, share some posts, follow. It makes the yep. biggest difference to the stupid Instagram algorithm, um, and a little bit yeah. goes a long way.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's it's free to like like shit. It's free to share shit. You know, and it means a lot for us little small small business folk. You know, so exactly you. appreciate y'all.
0: Absolutely. You could, I mean, you can go to barefoot wine in your grocery store and, you know, get that, but kind of the whole point of this whole small business section is your money goes directly to John and his kids and, you know, his family. It means a whole lot more than just paying a big corporation. So just keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, and you can, you can drink barefoot wine, but it'll taste like feet. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, and you're not only helping us in our small business, and we appreciate that, but you're helping give back a little bit to first responders, right. veterans, breast cancer, research and awareness, things like that. So right, and always that.
0: remember that their wine, go, their the money from their wine goes to a very good spot. John, this was great, man. We're going to talk again, maybe uh, in a few months when we do Drunk Cops. We'll get you on, and we'll, uh, we'll drink some of your wine, too.
1: Ooh, sounds good, man. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it.
0: All right, no problem. Everyone listen, stay tuned. We'll wrap it up, and uh, John, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, bro. Once again, I know I said it in the beginning of the show, but go check out Thin Vine Wines and use code 108 ten the number eight, to get $10 off two or more bottles of wine. And if you do use my code, $2 from every bottle sold will be donated to The Resiliency Project, a nonprofit and friend of mine that uses its funds to help first responders get the help they need regarding mental wellness. So in the end, it's all cyclical. Go check it out that's it. We're going to end today's show by sharing something I don't usually talk about, which is a police TV show. That's right. I really, I never talk about them because I frankly don't enjoy them. But I just finished finally The Wire a couple, about a decade late, but uh, I've been working on it i have been working on my first watch through for about three years now. Uh, When I first started the show, I was in a drug unit and I stopped watching it because it was too realistic. It was, it was frustrating how, how spot on it was. Then I eventually got to season two and it really didn't interest me that much. So I kind of took my time watching it. Then we got to season three and I stopped again because that's when I was kind of in my transition from police to dispatch and I wasn't really feeling police stuff. So I took a break, but once I got back on it about a month or so ago, I was hooked couldn't peel me away and I went ahead and binged it uh the best I could I watched it on airplanes at work any downtime I was watching this show and let me tell you the show is amazing the don't let my uh the the length in which that I watched the show for you the show is amazing um everything about it the complexity the realness of the characters and the situations it's just it's spot on Any person that's ever been a cop for any stretch of time, regardless if you work for a city like Baltimore or some small city or town in the Midwest, you can relate to it one way or another. Everyone is quick to say how End of Watch and Southland are the most realistic cop shows. Get out of here. It's it's no, not even close, not even close. I'm here to tell you that to go on HBO Max right now Go watch the Wire, especially if you do work in an inner city. It's going to blow you away. But no matter what, you're gonna you're gonna take something from it. It's absolutely amazing. Big props to my buddy Maui from my old agency, and of course my buddy, hey my man Dave. They both encouraged me to check it out. Sorry it took so long, but definitely don't regret that at all. And that concludes today's show, folks. Next week we have a very special three hour long dispatch centric episode with some great friends from the Comsetter show from the earlier mentioned failure to stop podcast group. We have drew breezy and John as well as the dispatch meme queen herself. She's been around for years, um, she's actually been cameoed on a couple episodes she's kind of dropped some uh, voicemails and stuff like that along the way we have my friend Dispatcher Shenanigans remember if you let up Shenan once they're gonna Shenan again and she's gonna be on the show with those two we talk about all things Dispatch just in time for Dispatcher Week uh, you know on the show I always spend time talking about my career as the police but I don't really talk about my time in Dispatch because well <laughs> that's probably for a plethora of reasons that will come up later in uh, therapy. But <laughs> this is a good chance to, for hear, for hearing my take on things from the road to the dispatch side and kind of getting a little taste of both. Um, so you definitely want to check it out. Also, don't forget, Sunday starts dispatcher week. So you guys on the road, take care of your dispatchers. And you're going to hear my thoughts on dispatcher week as well. Um, so, you know, you're, it's, it's good. If you work the road, if you work the room, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna like what we have to say. Uh, I think it's a great episode and you don't want to miss it later on down the pipe. We have a lot of great episodes coming soon. I just wrapped up the episode for two weeks from now where we're going to do our last piece in the disp, I'm sorry, not dispatch, uh, first responder business section, uh, interrupted by dispatch because they always interrupt when we're going to a call for service right so (laughs) when we're taking our meal we're doing things we want to do dispatch comes in so yeah um but we have brent from first responder coffee company he's coming in two weeks so really good stuff and i've got even better stuff coming down the pipe we are nearing the end of season three and uh like i alluded in the opening i can't tell you that i know where we go from here so uh, i had ideas for season four but i honestly don't know anymore that said stay tuned because if I already recorded the season opener for season four and if I decide to just end the whole thing, it's going to be my series finale for season three or season and series finale. So you definitely want to check that out. My best episode to date, my best interview, biggest guest, whatever you want to say. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I might get out of this funk and say, Hey, we got, we got six more years of this or whatever, you know, unfortunately. And I said this earlier, in I was talking to my family. Like if you work for a company, the company will tell you when things aren't working, things aren't going your way. And Hey, we have to change products or projects or whatever. I don't have that. It's literally just me. I'm sitting here in an empty house and that's it. You know, I've got some supportive friends and family, but at the end of the day, I make the call. So I need to look at what we got going on. So all that being said, because I am here running this operation and I'm dealing with shit, I'm asking you humbly to please rate this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, review it on Apple Podcasts because you can't do it on Spotify for whatever reason, share this episode with anyone you think might like it or might, int- might interest anybody or just pick an episode and share it with people. Just you know, go on Instagram, grab one of my posts and just share it. Um, and also check out my merch store, 10-8-memes.ecwid.com. Or if you go to the Instagram, it's the link in my bio. Click the link tree. Someone told me that was too much work. Listen, if two clicks and a little bit of like reading to find out which thing to select is too much work, then you know what? Maybe, maybe I should end this because this is just too fucking stupid. Um, go to, or go to the merch store, help me out, buy a shirt and some stickers. You can also use the code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. At checkout, and you get free shipping. I know it's not much, but it's something. It also lets me know that you're hearing me when I tell you these things, so that also helps me as well. Um, I'm gonna be off Instagram for a bit, trying to work on myself, work on my chi or centering myself or whatever. So um, that being said, I'm not gonna be promoting anything. I'm not gonna be on there. So while you're at it, go check out the 108 affiliates if you're not following them already. 108 Eats. Ten Eight underscore eats. That's the food content. We got punk rock cops, all one word, and of course Jersey Boy podcast. All of them on our, are on Instagram. Uh, check them out. Uh, we got fresh content for Ten Eighties coming through. I've got like two posts a week throughout the month of April set up. We've got new punk rock cop episodes coming, uh, probably in a few weeks. And maybe if I can get Frank on, we're going to record a Jersey boy episode here soon. We never talked about when he came to visit three freaking months ago. Frank, if you're listening, I don't even know if you listen anymore. Uh, what the fuck, man? It's been three months. Get your life together. Let's go. Um, I think that's all I got to say folks until next time. You got me until at least episode 40, so we'll see what goes on from there. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Our closing song is Late Reply by Keep Flying. Take a listen to the lyrics because they the feels. Check them out at Keep Flying Band, all one word, on Instagram, or just Keep Flying on Spotify and Apple Music. I'll see you guys later. 10-8, out.
2: We'll And I don't know what to do first Good feels bad, bad feels worse The gift of thought is more like a curse And it all hurts And that's why I can't talk to anyone And I would rather stay inside Wait for too long It's too late to change what's gone wrong You'd do better to just move on to win